Hi, I'm Kristen Yorka, and welcome to the Wild Wonder Podcast, where we seek to demystify and democratize holistic wellness practices with leading practitioners in the field. Today, we have international yoga teacher and NLP master guide, Alessandro Giovinazzo. Hi. Welcome. So today, we're titling it 2021 NLP Goal Getting with Alessandro. So I think we need to start off with what exactly is NLP? So um, NLP um, stands for Neurolinguistic Programming. So it was born as a way to understand um, behaviors of human being as a study of like the structure of subjective experience. So why people behave and feel in a certain way rather than another, and in the way they act and feel, why they act and feel in a certain way. And so the outcome of those feelings of action is sometimes like poor, average, or like excellent is like why so so try to find a structure behind those and see discover the difference that makes somebody perform in a great way than somebody else in a let's say poor way so it could be considered a field of introspection correct? uh it touches also the field of introspection and it takes from many other let's say discipline so neuro-linguistic programming what are the benefits of this practice uh, well, um, from the study of subjective experience um, came out, let's say, a set of tools and techniques that you can use to improve your life from like the personal, you know, self-development point of view on the jobs. And so it can be applied in different aspects of life because in the end, everything that we do is a kind of like performance from how you behave in family, what you do in the job, how you, you know, how you're on holiday. So there's always a way that you can improve, let's say, the performance, even if it's not like the work by itself, in a way that is aligned more with your values, your life, and it simply makes your life more satisfying and easier. So through NLP, you're essentially seeking ease or alignment. Yeah, yeah, I would say, I would say so. Yeah. Because there is an aspect of NLP that has a lot to do with um, searching for your own inner values which I believe a lot of people aren't as familiar with, maybe as we should be. Yeah, well, inner values, uh, they're the purpose and the motivation of all our decision. Why I pick this job rather than the other? Why I pick this happening? Why rather than another? So, and it often are um, sort of unconscious, we're not aware of them. So we do decision and we motivate in one field and not in another. And sometimes we don't clearly know why. So. It's, yeah, in NLP, in a way, it pushes you to learn more about yourself and in the way, take decision aligned with your real core values and your identity, which makes, of course, everything much easier. So in a way, you're taking people out of autopilot and moving them into the pilot seat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) That's a good method. And then you wrote for us a post called Manifest Your Dreams with NLP. It's on our website, wearewildwonder.com forward slash tales. Um, But if somebody hadn't read that, could you give us a quick abridged version of how you came to know about NLP? Well, I came to know partially because um, of my family, because my mom is an NLP certified trainer. And she always been working a lot during her life on self, let's say, development and growing. So she came into NLP, and since when I was like teenager, teenager, she was giving me little hints or tools for when I would go to do an exam to perform better or in an interview. And it was very simple things, a small action that would actually make a difference, make things easier. So it kind of stuck in my head until you know a few years ago, where. I found myself, let's say, thrown suddenly into into that. And I started to discover it was actually much deeper and um, much more beautiful than just a a sad tool of techniques. It was literally a way to look at the world and the universe and see an explanation and model how we interact with the universe and the universe interacts with us. And I found it fascinating. Can you give us an example of um, one of the earlier times where you used NLP and you're like, wow, this might be a thing that could really work for me? Um, well, the very first memory that I have, it was simply going to an interview for a job a little bit after I finished uh, university. And 
I received these little hints about, for example, nonverbal communication. I discovered that in a communication with a person, about 70% of what we say is not said by word, it's said by our nonverbal communication. So how we move, how we speak, and all these things, which in an interview makes you know a great impact. You, because often we try to pretend to be somebody else we're not just to get the job. Right. And but we in reality we don't really know exactly what the other person in front of us is or what are you know the fundamental values of belief of this person. So we know what the company wants, but then the interview is led by a person or by a company. So there were small tricks and how you speak, how you sit, how you're open toward the other person that made the rapport, the connection between two human beings easier. So it was easier for me to express myself and have a better performance in the interview. And it was easy for the other person to be open and probably receptive to me and say, oh, between this person and this person with exactly the same resume, I connect more with this one. Because at the end of the day, when you work, it's not just a matter of like uh, skills and capabilities. It's also your environment with people that has a, you know, important, is an important factor. And so I think a lot of people may use NLP for work. That's one goal. Um, and it can also be considered um, using the very popular manifestation word. Um, but I, I have trouble with that word um, because I think it's poorly explained. And oftentimes what we see on Instagram or on Facebook, on the internet is, oh, all you have to do is want this thing and then believe you're going to get it and poof, like a Ferrari is going to appear in your driveway. And I think it's way more involved than that. I think Alessandro would agree. So I'd like to know, what do most people get wrong about the manifestation process? So manifestation process, I guess, each of us, that we know we don't, we have certain wishes and desires. And so often we say, oh, you just have to really want something and that thing will act on showing your life. That's just like a little part of the story. And what we really don't know, it's that, of course, there's the job they have to do to achieve something, but there's also a big part of like our personality, which is unconscious. The 90, 95% of ourselves, it's unconscious. So it's basically, is a big part, and that is that part that decides what we're in line with, what we're aligned, what we like, what we dislike, what our motivation are. So manifesting means like working on yourself to really discover what's aligned with you, what it's not, and then follow a certain process to put the practice, the job into action and follow it until it happens. It's also mean knowing yourself better because you might want on the surface a desire that really inside you is not yours because the society put it into your head, your family, the advertising, whatever, but it's not aligned with your inner core, your real value. So you will never ever achieve it because there's the self-sabotaging system who say, no, I don't want this. I'm going the other direction. Mm. Yeah, I think we could all think about a time that we felt we knew what we really wanted and we get frustrated through the process and we wonder why is this thing not coming and it could be, I believe is what you're saying, that subconsciously there's part of that dream or goal that we really don't want or there's there's some part of the outcome that we actually don't want to be part of. Yeah, uh, it can be because we, want, we always wanted the same moment in life, more things. It could be the two things or more than two things are in contrast with each other. So the one that actually inside ourselves is more important will have always priority. So we ended up going in direction and then this is more important and go back. And I'm sure each of us has an experience of life going three quarters of the way or tempor temporarily achieve something and then find out that you just quit everything and go back and start over. Mm -hmm. And that's not because we didn't want it, it's because we realized that there's something that we wanted more. So now you stop and you go back. The question is, is there a way that you could know that before? Yes. Mm -hmm. So you would have saved, you would have saved time, um, money probably, and energy. And the other one sometimes is like, oh, this is really aligned with yourself. You just, you just don't have a good strategy to achieve it. And it makes, it seems impossible or really hard, or you go lost in the way and then you skip it. 
So the idea is like you have to know what you really want that is aligned with you and then create a plan and strategy for it. I think I think it's easier to see in other people. Like you see people yeah. ping-ponging back and forth. I think the easiest example is with work. Like somebody will be very motivated to do this new thing. They want to be the executive of some company. And they're very motivated for three, six months. And then all of a sudden they like hate their job. They hate their employer. Everything's going wrong. They can't seem to achieve anything in their career. And then it seems like they either self-sabotage or they perform poorly and are taken out of that position and have to kind of readdress the situation and kind of start yeah. over. And sometimes you get to a point and you realize that that goal wasn't so important because the point is when you achieve something, something else happening in your life. So I read this thing that I really like and say, there is a goal and there are outcomes. So when you achieve a goal, there's a consequence in your life. Sometimes we look just at the goal, but not at the how that goal will affect our, our life. And maybe I get this new job and suddenly I realize that I have to keep doing sacrifices for the job and giving up something else that actually I found out is more important, whatever it is. But again, you could have known this much earlier. Uh, yeah. So if you've taken Alessandro's NLP uh, quiz, which is on, on his blog post on our website called Manifest Your Dreams with NLP. At the end, there's a personality test, which he develops called Nine Gram. So if you took that test, um, then you're familiar with the different types. I'm a type five, which means I love me some strategies and rules. So we are going to now go into what are the rules to manifesting with NLP? So, well, um, first things, it's you want to know what your goal and what you want to manifest, which is so obvious, but it's actually not. How many times in your life you take decision, you take a certain university or go to live in a certain city or enter a certain relationship, but you just did it because it felt like to or because, I don't know, you just had to decide, but there was no purpose behind it. So sometimes it's the right choice, sometimes it's the wrong one, or sometimes it's just like, a, it's neither right or wrong, it's like halfway. So you have to know what you want. And this implies asking yourself, what is really, really that makes your life better in quality? What is really makes you excited? What is really that brings the quality of your life to a different, to a different level? And Sometimes this question, we avoid them because we're in a place in which may change involves investing some energy or takes drastic changes. And not everybody is kind of willing to do so. I think my challenge with stating a goal, I'll speak personally, sometimes it affects many other people. And I'm the type of personality that doesn't want to harm or create tension or cause anybody's life to, I don't know, I don't like to rock the boat. I don't like to be the bad guy. So I always have trouble stating goals that will then affect someone else, which they almost always do. Um, what are some other, <laughs> he's laughing because it's true. What are some other goals that you've heard from clients that, um, that, they, that they may have stated like too broadly, or you know that's not what they're really getting at? And for example, um, a good example is somebody you know comes to you and say, "What do you really want? What do you want? What do you want to work on manifest? And what do you really want in your life?" And I say, "Oh, I would like you know a house on the beach." And I say, "Great." So you might think that what you really want it's a summer house, a house by the beach, living near the ocean. But it's important asking what's the purpose of your goal because sometimes there's something behind it. And you say, oh, I want to ask about a beach in Greece. That point, wonderful beaches, blue, you know, ocean white houses. You say, but why do you want that? Oh, because I want, uh, I want to relax and slow down more. So the real desire in that case is not that you really desire to live in Greece by the beaches, that you really want to slow down and have a different lifestyle. So in that case, this would be an example of a non-well-formed goal or a goal that once you achieved it, you realize that it's useless because we really want it, it was actually somebody else, something else. So what to do in that case? 
be aware that your desire, your core desire was something else. So you can achieve the same goal, which is slow down, change lifestyle, and be happier, maybe without go the hassle of like moving to a different continent, spend a lot of money to buy a house in Greece, and then realize that you can't go there, or you go there and you're still stressed out. Um, so we have to know our goals. We have yes. to, and really be specific about our goals. Um, so that takes time, and we're gonna, we're gonna, Alessandro's gonna take you through an entire questionnaire about forming these goals, um, well-formed goals, as he calls them. So that's step number one: is know your goal, um, and then step number two is it's having a strategy. Like uh, we desire something and sometimes we tend to go in the direction, but it's not really planned. It's just, we just follow. So we go here for this goal and then we go there for that goal. It means we waste a lot of energy and sometimes the goal seems very far away. And the point is when a goal seems so far away that it, we perceive it as impossible, then of course, at some point we'll drop it. But if it's really something that you want it, then it will come back in your mind. And then you start over and then you drop it and then come back. And that's created a lot of frustration. So you either give it away or just stick with it. So it's so part of the process. Would it be important to set markers along the way? So when you create the, um, the strategies, literally step by step, often do a kind of reverse engineering, but there's other things that you do before. So once you create the step by step, it's actually easier. It's literally you do the next thing and everything is aligned with the final goal and it will give you a clear understanding of where you are in relation to the ultimate goal and how much energy you have to invest, uh, money, time, whatever energy means. So in a way it keeps you motivated mm -hmm. because it gets, gets you clear. It's almost like, let's say, a video game. You're here, you have to get here. But if you're here and you have to get somewhere here, then it becomes all kind of, you know, and evanescence and it's and at least for me it feels overwhelming when it's a very large goal and the steps to the process aren't really laid out and after I'm just aiming for something out there it feels very overwhelming yes yes and, and you I feel like I waste a lot of mental energy kind of ruminating on this ideal and stressing out about whether or not I'm close to that goal or not yeah, a personal thing is a little bit like fear, right? It's uh, we generally fear most things that we don't know exactly what they are. Then when something is like clear and defined, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, most of movie and horror movie they create this suspense and horror and feeling of terror because you don't know exactly what monster is coming out. But when you know exactly what it is, then it's much easier to deal with. It's also easier to just focus on the I would say the next right thing right? instead of. Um, oh, I need to do a hundred things in any kind of order yeah. and maybe I'll get, I'll shoot to the moon. Yeah. And it also makes you excited that when you've done the next tiny step and it's achieved, you already achieved something. So you say, oh, wow, I did it. And then, and then there's another next piece to do. So, and even if it feels a lot of rational based, logical type of process, which it is, there's a lot of, um, a lot of emotion, motivation, and subconscious parts involved in it. So this debate, the two phases, like we use your brain and the logical part of ourself to set the steps and the path to help us when we are almost, you know, getting tired or you think uh, something is fighting against us. They will give you the structure mm -hmm. to keep going. Yeah, and I don't think it's all logical. I think creating the goal and creating the process could be a creative process. Oh, yeah, I, sure. I think there's a way to make it creative and fun, especially if it's something you really, really want and you could put all your imagination to creating the steps that will lead you there. Yeah. I just had a little light, it might be silly, but it's a good example. Imagine like a Lego, right? Mm -hmm. You have to build like a, a Lego castle and you get in your box all the pieces, but there's no image of the final result and say, oh, this is all the pieces, this is all the energy of the life and you get there. Now build it. And then you start, you're very excited, it looks like a castle, and then halfway, maybe it's the wrong day, maybe the piece doesn't fit, maybe it's complicated, it's like, oh, this stuff is impossible, and you drop it. But when you get your manual, and it tells you, put the piece A on top of the piece B, stack the A and B on top of C, mm -hmm. then everything seems very simple, because the goal we have to do, it's actually one piece at a time. And then looking back, you will see that actually, oh, wow, okay, it's 
I should have put already 100 pieces together. But it feels like it's always one at a time to work. Yeah, and in that way, you're also the not only the creator, but the writer of the manual. Yes. Which I think requires some sense of confidence, or at the very least, self-worth, to know that like this plan that I created is going to take me there. Yeah. Do you ever uh, struggle with some clients, um, probably like me, that will create the plan, but in the back of their minds are like, well, I'm... I'm not an expert in this. I mean, I created the plan, but this but may the, or may not get me there. That's why the plan has to be very precise and some part of the plan, they break in a some plan, let's say. The moment the plan is very generic, it tells you just like two or three steps, especially if it's a big project, then there's gaps. They're like kind of scary. But the moment is literally every action is, is like described, then it's like, uh, imagine you want to write a book, right? You have 100 pages to write. It seems very old. Oh my God, there's many people don't write books and they don't write it for this reason. Mm -hmm. But if I would tell you, can you write me three lines every day? I think everybody's able to write three lines, mm -hmm. right? And then you do for 300 times and suddenly, oh, okay, I have the whole book um, done. The thing is actually when you have small, tiny tasks, it's much easier to have the confidence to do it. So you look at the goal for the excitement and exactly remember what you want to create which is, that's what we say, it doesn't have to be a random goal, it has to be a goal that was aligned with you, because you know, when I get there, and the process already is changing the quality of my life, so that's the motivation. It's, just, it's not just, oh, I want this, because it has to be something that you desire so bad, they will always give you that energy, the fuel, to keep going. And then you look at the tiny pieces because, oh, well, of course I'm able to just write uh, after page. Oh, of course I'm able to make a phone call to the guy. Oh, of course I can just walk in the bank and get an application for asking for whatever. So, of course, there's going to be certain skill or tasks that you need to, if it's a big task, that you need to acquire and you don't have. But that's, that's okay. You know exactly what resources you have and the few ones that you have to improve or learning. And so in a way, it's like a school. I think um, there's also, like the goal has to be aligned, correct? But I think the goal also has to have a sense of excitement um, and maybe a little bit of danger. I think the saying is your goal should scare you a little. Um, because I think sometimes we aim for what we think we could achieve and not for what we really want. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, in the process, we can use it for a small thing that is a weekly involvement, like, oh, I haven't been to my grandma to bring her flowers, so you create a tiny plant, so you remember to do that, that you've been delayed for two months, so you can decide to apply this process to. Well, I'm creating a new business, a desire, an idea that I've been in for 10 years and I haven't realized it. Or you can create it for you know, a relationship. I haven't had a good relationship in ages. Okay, so how do you meet a certain type of people? Going to certain type of places, uh, evaluating yourself or what are the other. So, as a flexibility that you can apply to different aspects of your life. Of course, when you apply to something that's really important, as it gets like risky and exciting. When you work with clients, do you have them focus on a an area of their life first? Like say they're just struggling mm -hmm. and they don't know why and they feel like I felt like this maybe a decade ago where I looked around and my life did not resemble me in the slightest. Like how did I get here in this place surrounded by these people in this building and I don't, how did I choose this, right? How do you, do you have a client then focus on a specific area of their life that they first want to work in and then work through the goal in that way? Uh, yeah, normally the question that I ask, because it's not me to decide what they want to change or improve, is asking the question, which can you ask to yourself, it's um, what am I struggling with right now? Or the other question could be, where, where are you putting all your energy into it? And those generally are the things that you want to change and transform. So you start with that one, and then, you know, everything general unravels and comes out. Be work, be a relationship. Normally, it's like work relationship, or you know, some kind of fear, something very personal. That we have. Is it true to say that when we work on one area, 
the other areas improve. What's that saying? The when the tide rises, all boats float, right? Or yes, I'm like not good at saying. Yeah, that. of course. Think about it. The moment uh, you change one aspect of your life, it's not the aspect of your life that is changed. It's the being that is into that. So if the being is changed, of course, it will change everything else related to the being in this game. It's like uh, the person. It's like a, you know, a company. You change the CEO. It's not just that position that is changed. You change everything underneath that to any level. The same with you. Um, you change, everything in your life changes. Sometimes, most of the time, it's better. It is a good change. What might be scary is that not everybody else it might be ready to accept your change that you accepted so they might bring uh, contrast or temporary disalignments with family partners bosses at work but at the end of the day it's are you happy being them happy and you being unsatisfied frustrated now, there is a hill to climb, and we discussed this on a previous podcast uh, with energy healer Raki. If you listen to the empath uh, narcissist dynamic or the narcissist empath dynamic, and how when we begin to change, the people around us that have experienced us for a very long time a certain way may be unhappy with this change um, to the point of, maybe keeping you from changing or confronting you about this change or wanting you to shift back. So it is part of the process here too. Have you seen that in your clients where they're, they're wanting to change, they're doing the steps of their process and it seems like they're getting some resistance from the people around them. Yeah. And in an NLP way, it's easy to describe what's happening. So it's each of us as, um, a map inside ourselves of the world in which we live, right? NLP used to say the map is not the territory in the sense that the universe, literally the physical and energetic universe that is around us is one thing. But what we interact with is not the universe itself, is the creation, the map that we create of the universe inside our minds. So we apply a change, we're transforming our map of the universe because change involves enriching the map. So make it bigger with more opportunities, more extended. And the other people have a map too. In that map, we have a certain symbol or role. Like a very specific role for that person. Yeah. So they have a certain map of the world. In that map, we are part of the map. Now we change, suddenly their map is kind of what they see is not the map that they have. So they have two choices. Mm -hmm. They can realign and expand their map too which it's both for them, or they will resist the change of the map. So complete non-stop resistance will bring to, you know, going Separation. in this direction. Or it can be used as a way to, okay, I have to reach and modify the map of the wall too. The bigger and the more expanded and, and rich the map is, the better. The more opportunity. It's, um, There's more possibilities. Yeah. Right? It yeah. opens more possibilities if your map is bigger or your it's like an inner possibility map, right? Yeah. Like if you say, if you're stuck in kind of this small limited map where certain people hold certain roles and certain people do certain things and certain opportunities are open to me and certain opportunities are not, then I believe what you're saying is that you, you, in, you embody this role within this limited map. The second you start creating more space in that map and more possibility, then you begin to expand in that map as well. And, um, and the whole basically work of NLP is in enriching people's map. Because um, sometimes people, their friends say, oh, you could do this, you can achieve this, it's possible. But if you don't really believe it, it's because you have a, a map of the world in which that type of reality, it doesn't exist. So for you, it feels impossible because it's not part of the map. So there's you know different ways you can enrich the map. Sometimes it's like a personal growth, Techniques. It depends if it's like a work or personal relationship, a phobia or fear. If it's like a, it really depends from the case. But the whole thing is expanding the map. And compared to other, let's say, type of help, holistic approaches, instead of me doing the job for you in NLP, 
is I help you expand your view, your map of the world, so you will naturally change into a transformation without me barely do anything. So it gives the responsibility on the, the client. Person, which is empowering. I'm just giving the tool, mm -hmm. teach them how to use them, and then naturally things are happening. Because the thing, it's uh, NLP, the main thing, it doesn't work on the content. So sometimes I work with clients and I don't even ask them the problem. I'll guide them through certain steps, sometimes it's a visualization, sometimes it's a specific subconscious technique, and it works on the process. So the content is, most of the time, is irrelevant. Okay. I think we, we elaborated on the process <laughs> for some time now. So let's go back to the rules of manifesting to review. The first step is to, the first rule is to choose your goal to have a well-formed goal. And the second one is to create a process to achieve those results. So can you lead us into the third? Yeah, then it's uh, observe your action and be really aware of what works and what doesn't. So this is the first step before I any feedback. So I decided what I want. I create a plan free. I start to act following the plan, of course. And now I see certain things works as I plan and imagine certain doesn't. Because actually you're acting in a world which is like, a, uh, it keeps changing all the time. So it might be that the moment you do a certain action, it doesn't, it doesn't work. So you don't give up, you say, okay, something else has to modify. Is there, um... Is there a way to, I don't know, kind of know when to be flexible and when to stick with a plan, or does that depend on the type of goal? So no, you still stick with the plan. Mm -hmm. You just be flexible to certain, let's say, um, steps of the plan might not work, so you have to change something. And this is the next step. You have to be flexible and change the way you act based on the feedback that you receive. Very simple example, bringing more to, let's say, mature context. Um, you create a plan for marketing, you launch your brand, and um, you imagine that you want to make it blue, okay? The whole company stuff blue. And everything seems perfect, but people, for some reason, this season or in this, they don't like blue, and you notice that the few things that by mistake made it yellow, they seem like having more result. So you want to stick with blue? No, you change it, you got to feel better. Then you change the yellow. Oh, okay. Now suddenly I sell much more. So you have to allow for some awareness and yes. also for some criticism too, because just because you have the process and the plan doesn't mean just because you created it, it's going to work exactly as you wrote it. So that's why I like this. Um, let's say this model said there is no failure, there's just feedback. And the feedback actually helps you to go to achieve your goal faster. You can stick with the way you want it. Maybe you're still able to make it, but it takes more time, more space, more energy. So why to do the things in a more complicated and let's say costly way when you can get to the same place faster? If you're able to accept the feedback, because I think that's a yeah. challenge for some people. Um, I, I think we've all seen it, that someone is trying to achieve this goal and maybe they don't have the right plan or they do have the right plan, but they're not being flexible enough to accept the feedback and maybe change a few things. They're just dead set like this is going to happen, right? Yeah. And I think that's kind of the lies we've been told online about manifestation. It's like, oh, no, it doesn't matter. I just have to focus on the goal. And it doesn't even matter whether or not my process is working so eventually I'll get there. Yeah, I agree. And again, when you have everything laid down, um, step by step in small pieces. It's not that you have to change a big part of the plan. You have to change just maybe the color of the tiny legal pieces, mm -hmm. and then you keep going after as you plan. Right. Which leads us to the final rule of manifestation. Which is um, exactly the be flexible and change your action. So based on the feedback you received before, and say, well, this sounds all very really nice, but how do you actually create a real process of this. I think you said stick with it. Oh yeah, yeah, stick with it. <laughs> stick uh, with itness. Yeah, well, of course, if you don't give enough time to get to the final plan, you can't see the result. And this is why it's important that you give yourself a realistic time frame. So some goal might you know, need a week, some they might need like five years. 
say, oh, but that's too much. It's okay. So get the goal for five years, and then you break it down in small sub goal. And but they're all part of the same plan. And uh, big goals, they necessarily takes a uh, longer time. Mm -hmm. Doesn't make it this just harder, it just like uh, longer, it takes more step. Well, it also might require more pieces outside of yourself moving around. Maybe people, I might be wrong, but people or the world or finances, maybe it, it has your goal, a lot of components, yeah. which may require more time. Yeah, exactly. And you made an example about money. I don't know, you want to create a new company or something, and it's say, five years, I'll get this one perfect. And then maybe the first step will be, oh, I need to make $30,000 first. So you first, you create everything, and, the, and then you create another small process for it. Get from zero to 30000 And then from 30000 to, oh, I need uh, two people working for me doing this part. And then from that, so it's, you basically replicate the same thing at a bigger scale. And again, everything is it's creating small pieces that it makes like, oh, I could do this. And it also makes it simple. One of the main things of NLP that I really, really like it is that the belief that you already have everything that you need to to achieve anything that you want. Now, this sounds really nice and very holistic or sometimes What's the difference? It's not, oh, you could do anything. This is great. Yes. Sometimes you just don't know that you have those resources. So you have to bring them out in some way. It can be necessary money, time, education, or personal work. That's really depend where you're working on. Um, so can we review for a moment the rules to manifesting using NLP? Yeah. The first is to choose a goal or yeah. know your goal. The second is to have a strategy or process to achieve it. The third is to observe your actions, see what works, what doesn't work throughout your process, and then to be flexible enough to receive feedback and change that process as you need to as you go toward your goal. And finally, to stick with it. Now, on this final one, sticking with it, and you're saying for a certain amount of time, you're saying four or five like some goals require a certain amount of years, is, isn't it important to know exactly how long you're giving yourself to, for this goal to work? Uh, I don't see in terms of how long you give yourself before quitting. It's when you set the goal, you create a realistic time frame. So I need six months, a year and a half, uh, two weeks to do this. You create, that's why it's important it has to be realistic. So it's real time frame that allows you to do all the steps to get through goal. Part of the being flexible is that this time frame might be, uh, it might need a change. An example, you're planning to um, gather some money to buy a house in a new place because you like to live in Costa Rica, an amazing place, we all love Costa Rica, right? And then you're almost there. In the next month, you fly there, you already identify properties, and the next step is I fly there, I check the property, I come back, I decided what I like before then ask for the application, the paper, signs, and the money, etc. Mm -hmm. Right. And then COVID starts and you can't fly to Costa Rica. You just drop it and you're three quarters away. No, you made a modification. Okay. Now you need to stick with it, but apply one of those modification changes to the plan. So the time frame might change a little bit, but you're still into it. Mm -hmm. So I understand your question about time frame, how long I give myself. Often the thing, this question comes in because we give ourselves an unrealistic time frame. And then, oh, I give myself six months to, you know, um, build this massive thing that in reality will take two years. And so at the fifth month, like, you see, I can't, I can't, I can't do it and you quit. Yes, but what are, uh, how about, um, uh, play devil's advocate. What if there's, we keep trying out this goal, we keep redoing our processes, receiving feedback, and we somehow keep stretching the time frame, and it's, it's just not coming. Like, we're met with so much resistance. When do we know that maybe this isn't the goal it should be 
chasing. So in the process, then, is the thing that we'll do one of the next step. How, beside this fourth step, there, let's say there's like question and a little work based on self-awareness to discover if this goal is really for you. So let's say the old preparatory plan and the preparation of the preparation of the plan is what will make you understand if this is really something you really want it, or it's like uh, it's just like a kind of bizarre desire, or it's something you do because you convince you've been conditioned that is what you really want it. So in that case, it's not even it shouldn't even be a question at, by the time you're like going through the process. Yeah, the preparation before. It should already give you the answers if this had to be a goal that's to be strongly modified or completely put inside. Okay, so we're going to go through that process. Alessandro has the 10 questions to get you to those well formed goals. Now, if you are driving in a car, do not take out a piece of paper and a pencil right now. Maybe just pause and wait for you to get home. If you are at home and safely sitting down and not driving heavy machinery, please take out a piece of paper and a pen or pencil. Um, and he's gonna take you through the questions. And maybe you listen through all of them and then come back and play them back or listen to a question, hit pause, write out your answer before moving on to the next question and pressing play. So are you ready? Yeah. All right. And uh, just want to say the most important thing is that when you do any type of work, which of course involves you, you really have to be honest with yourself. Some of the question, don't give the first answer that comes just to your mind and because that will make it easier. Like you want to make yourself believing that you really believe that things. Really look inside yourself and listen. What is really your heart, your guts telling you because that's, it will, make, it will make the difference between spending a lot of time in failing and spending a lot of time in succeeding. So there's a level of honesty and awareness that you need to pull into the work. So should we suggest that they should be alone to do this project? That's good. I think it's um, it's good to start and get an idea of the you know this questioner, and then it's nice to take some time by yourself with a nice coffee in a place where it's quiet. And, uh, and look inside yourself while you're answering the question. It might take you sometime, I don't know, half an hour. Maybe it will take you three hours. Um, I can decide this for you. But it's really important that you open space for looking inside you. It makes a difference between, you know, you do quality of life and happiness and keep the frustration going on. And just a, as a reminder before we start, this is all these questions. These ten questions are to be done for one goal. So we're not um, taking ten goals and trying to ask ten questions of them and trying to whittle them down into a well-formed goal. We're going to take one goal and try to make it a well-formed goal through these questions. So, without further ado, yeah. Alessandro. So um, the first question is: Is it your goal or outcome steady in a positive form? And has to be uh, why so? Because, for example, you imagine that you're in a situation which takes you out a lot of energy and leaks your energy continu continuously, and you're always very tired and very low energy. And you say, "Oh, I don't want to feel tired, low energy anymore." That's not a well for outcome. Uh, why? Simply because even if you use the word "not" and "no" in everyday language, and in, it's purely a grammar word. But on a subconscious level, it doesn't mean anything. So it doesn't exist. So when you say to yourself, I don't want to feel tired anymore, what you're actually telling your inside part is like, I want to feel tired again and again. So that's the, you will break away the first rule of well-formed outcomes or goals. So it has to be in a steady form. Like, for example, I have energy or um, I am in um, full shape, whatever. I own a summer house. And doesn't have to be any words like I desire, I'm trying, I'm looking for. It has to be present, tense, positive form. Okay, so the first question is, is your goal stated in present tense, positive form? So that means as if you've already achieved it, correct? Yeah, like if you're in it. 
And uh, second one, it gives you an understanding of where you are in your goal. So it's like, uh, do you know where you are in relation to your goal? At the very beginning, halfway, almost at the end. Um, so this will give you, helps you with the reality of how much work you have to put in yourself and not to, oh, I want to be at a million dollar. Yeah, I'm almost there. I just wish it. It's being realistic and know how much work and eventually we'll go to time. Also time will need that to be manifested. So as an example, if you're wanting to manifest a million dollars, maybe step one is to check your bank account <laughs> and see where you're at. And you're like uh, $2,000, great. You're $99,998 from your goal. Some of the question is not just like to make the world from goal, it's also to make you realize if it's actually, it might be modification changes, or maybe it's not a goal which is in line with you. In line with you, you mean the same time, uh, the costs are higher than the benefit that you get from it. So number two was, where are you in relation to your goal, goal? right now? Yeah. Do you know what you feel, what you see, what you hear when your goal will be achieved? Or reached. This is important because all of us, naturally in any kind of interaction, makes a mental representation of the things we want, almost like a dream, right? Let's say we have a dreamlike representation of the future as we have of the past. The more rich and clear is this representation in your rarity, the easier it is. So you want to make an image which is really big, literary image in your mind, you have a space, and you want to make it big, you want to make it nice, bright, focus, you want to put the best sounds and the best music possible, you want to smell in it, taste, why this? Because these are all ways to program your subconscious to desire the thing so bad, that even when you're sleeping, even when you're doing anything related to it, there's that drive, that tension, that will, no matter what, you want to get there. So they will keep you giving the push to get to. And in a past episode, we discussed the importance of ritual. And I think this type of detailed visualization can be turned into a kind of ritual. You make it as real for yourself as possible using the tools that will make it as real for you as possible in the here and now. And then when things get challenging or you feel like it, the goal is so far away, you have a mental and somatic experience at the ready already within you. I like that you say somatic experience because one of the things that are important is that for when you want to manifest or achieve something is that actually um, our brain doesn't know the difference between um, external, let's say material reality and create image reality. So when you make something and you put all five senses into it, the brain thinks it's real. So it will start to link and connect your neurons in a way as you're having that experience. So basically what you're doing is you're preparing your whole nervous system to read that experience. So the moment it appears, it's like you've already done it hundreds of times. It's what people do in sports, right? They kick a ball and they do many times the things are to kick it. And then when you really get there, it's just like a repetition will already happen a lot of time. You can do the same with the dreams, basically. So can you repeat for our audience yeah. number three? So do you know what you feel, see, hear when you reach your when you will have reached your goal? And if you don't know, so create, a, create that representation as detailed as possible. Number four. Uh, number four. And how do you know when you will have achieved your goal? This seems really oh, because I have it. Again, you want to create, um, there's going to be an action or something that is happening only if you achieve the goal. And this will be part of the visualization, the representation too, that you can, we can use with our techniques to program our goal in our subconscious mind. Imagine like you want to get a promotion in your job. So what would happen, what can happen only if you achieve that one? And your office is a completely new layout with a different window and a different goal. So you can see yourself doing those things. Or maybe you want to buy a house. So you imagine um, the party with your family and the first time you open the house. And those actions will happen only if you achieve it. 
So there will be the condition, the achievement of the goal for this action to happen. So you want to create and know exactly what that is. Mm -hmm. And the number five, uh, this is really nice. After you say, oh, I really want this. I have all the visualization, but is, it, is this goal really desirable and beneficial to you? Because many times we want things, we make a wonderful plan, we achieve it, and then we're like, it was better not to. <laughs> this is where you have to be honest with yourself. How do we figure out if it's desi desirable to us? Because I think our first, you know, our first gut reaction is like, yeah, obviously I want that million dollars. That million dollars would be awesome. It would solve so many problems. So the other question which goes with it is, is there anything in contrast with it? And say, but how do we find out? Some is very difficult. So what you could do is write down an answer to this, let's say, out of some question, which is what's the most important in your life? So write names of things that are most important. Your like values. Exactly, values. Family, money, traveling, experience, could be whatever. And, uh, and then make a list from the most important to the list one. And once you have that one, check your, your goal with which values is aligned and if it's in contrast with any of them. This will tell you immediately what would happen when you're halfway through almost reach the goal. A simple example is you want to be a reporter and you like traveling and you want to be a reporter from, let's say, dangerous air traveling all over the world. Great, you work and you have a family. You work really hard and you achieve the promotion and you know that in the next four, let's say for the next three years, basically on a weekly basis, you'll be everywhere around the globe and probably be all, I don't know, two or three weeks over here. But I really love your family. You got this promotion, your wife gives you the call, say, ah, you know, remember the next week you promised Tommy, your son, you'll be here for sure. And the next day you receive another call. Oh, I'm sorry, change your holiday plan. You have to go to China because there's these very important things. And then two weeks after, you receive the paper and your wife is divorcing. And at that time, you realize that in the list of your values, family was more important than success. But now it's too late. So this is just an example because for some people, success could be more important than family, so they do the sacrifice. So knowing your values will allow you to pick the right goal to manifest when you have two things you really wanted, but one is clearly more important than the other one. So you always go for the one that is connected to the higher values. And I'd like to add that from working with you, um, I made my list of values, and two of them felt um, completely opposite or contradicting. But through work, we were able, through NLP work, we were able to make them integrate. Uh, integrate integrate, or form a good relationship so that my subconscious wouldn't see them as completely opposed values. And therefore, I would stop ping-ponging between two goals that I thought were really important. Um, and just a moment, I, I'm going to interrupt for just a moment because we are live with our Patreon uh, members are subscribers. So if you do have a question and you're joining us live, please use the ask a question button. And we will also take some time after the live broadcast to answer questions one on one, either on camera, or if you'd like to be anonymous, we could just take your questions and answer them that way. I'd also like to remind everyone that if you are a Patreon subscriber, we have these well formed questions in the link on our crowdcast um live stream which will also be made immediately available to all of our patreon subscribers at the moment we stop recording so it'll be available to you both the broadcast and the worksheet for as long as you're a subscriber all right that is my commercial we will return <laughs> to to question number six question number six so went through the value thing so are you the only person involved in the goal what is important? And is the goal or your dream under fully under your own responsibility? Why so? Because when a goal or achievement or outcome is under partially the responsibility of somebody else, it's not worth for because there is a big possibility that that is not going to happen, even if you do everything else right. Because now you have another, let's say, element in the equation. So, if so everything has to be depending on me, not necessarily. So if you have a partner or somebody, it might work if you're perfectly aligned 
toward the AFCO and general values. So in that case, yes. So let's say that the who's in charge of the goal has to be one entity. It can be one person or can be more than one, but they have to be perfectly aligned. Otherwise, on the long run, the contrast will come out and then my break the process so again you waste lifetime money and energy and which i think a good example that we worked on yesterday um i said that my goal was to have a house in italy and he goes does that only count on you and i was like well no i guess it counts on you too so i have to be the one involved and so and that's an example uh and sometimes you think your partner or your business or relationship partner wants something but does he really want it? So this involved also a little bit of self-awareness, honest work on yourself from the other. From the and other an part. honest conversation um, yes. before stating your goals. And of course, the more people are involved in it, the more chances that the thing is not going to work and it's more complicated because there are more possibly for contrast and things. So it doesn't mean everything is just individualistic. It means that exactly the dream that you have, it might not exactly be in the other person. So I might have an idea about the house in Italy, but it's not exactly what she visualizes and she imagines. So it's much better that we know this in advance and we find a total alignment and then we both work on it. Then this call when we're halfway through and then for a small detail that maybe goes against my value, we just lost all the work done so far. Okay. Can you repeat number six, Jeff? So are you the only person involved? Is it fully under your own responsibility? Yes, no. So if no, then you need to reform your goal. Or you need to bring someone else on board by having a conversation with that person that the goal is involved with. And again, certain goal involved partners, and if the best thing is try to make it just depending on you, unless it's a relationship, family thing, which of course that involves more than beings. The next one is- Number uh, seven. Number seven, where do you want it? How do you want it? When do you want it? And with whom do you want it? So there's actually four things into it. Where, how, when, with whom. Again, it's not, oh, of course. This is not so, of course, because sometimes we know this, but just unconsciously, not on a rational level. So you want to make it really clarified. And this might be some of the point that we have to discuss about the house. So you want to have the conversation before you create the process step by step, then later down the road. And you might also realize that you want it in a different place than you first imagined, or with a different person, or in a different time frame. So the number eight, it's the next few questions are to make you understand what are the costs of the of the process in relate to benefit. So to what we call an NFP, to discover if your goal and your outcome is ecological, means it's aligned with all other values of your life and the life as it is right now, and it will be. So if it's actually really desirable. And also, to, if, I guess what you're saying is that if you can fully agree with the with the um, benefits and the, the, consequences. the consequences of what you're choosing. Because we always think about the goal in itself, but like anything in life, a goal, that's why sometimes we say outcome as a consequence. The consequence is neither bad or wrong, it's just neutral as a consequence. So you wanna look at that before you reach the goal and imagine what would happen. So you know, if you really, the goal is for you or for maybe not. And the process of this one, it's also the same time you realize that the desire that you wanted or you thought you wanted is actually not for you. And before that point, you were never being able to get to get it off your mind. But now going through the old list, it's like, oh, I actually thought I wanted this, but this is not really good for me. And suddenly it loses importance. You can get rid of the weight or frustration without or, basically doing anything. Or what it'll cost me is not worth it. Yeah, you know, make it, maybe taking that new job is really creatively exciting, but the lost hours with your family every night is, is not worth it. Yeah, and again, it goes back to your values. What's the most important thing in your life? Which are often, they're not the one that we self-convince ourselves are important. It requires a certain level of independence 
from your parents, family, culture, friends, society, culture, society, commercial, politics. country, um, statements, and programming. What number are we on? So number eight, we're saying, what resources do you already have? And which other resources do you need to achieve your goal? This again gives you clearly understanding of where you're where you're in relation to your goal. And the resources can be very specific if you have a chance or opportunity to know them, or even just like very generic. Okay, twenty thousand um, dollars. Somebody does the marketing and a small office, uh, electricity company, open me a contract, can be anything. Or if it's about relation on cars, oh, I need a car and I need money to three, you know, uh, to make the full tank three times and I need new tires. So whatever. Okay, so number eight was what resources do you already, do you already have, have and what resources do you need to achieve it? Which uh -huh. could be educational. You need to know that in order to achieve your goal, you need to learn something that you don't know. And it goes back to what you're saying, self-confidence. Mm -hmm. It's I think it's better to to admit that you don't know something and say, oh, but there's always a way to learn it. Mm -hmm. And number nine. Super important. Again, we go back to you really what you really want in your heart and your guts. Why do you want it? And what's the purpose of it? This again gives you a clear understanding, like the question. Um what would happen after. So why do you want this? An example is, oh, I want a million dollars. So like, why do you want it? Oh, because I want to buy a house. So your real goal is not the million dollar. You should do the work from goal for the house, which it might be faster than get to a million dollars. And also gives you the idea if your goal is a mean goal or is, a, um, uh, is an end goal. So this is just a mean to get something else? A means to an end. A means to an end, or is the end itself? Okay. So you don't get confused in, in the process. And then you achieve your goal, and you find out, like, uh, I'm still not satisfied. Right, it doesn't feel as good as you thought it would. Because you wanted the house, you just have the money. <laughs> and the last one is, again, as a mixture of several questions, is what do you get if you achieve it, if you realize it? So this, again, it makes you understand the outcomes, the consequences, and if it's ecological. So you get this goal. Um, a family, for example, we've got a family, and I have a children, or I have two children. What, what consequences does this have on your life in terms of time, um, health, job, family? Oh, okay. What happened uh, when you reach it? So what are the changes, how your life would be different the moment this goal is realized? Um, for example, you really want to be free and go everywhere all the time, but you really love the girl and you want to, you want to get married. Great. Think before <laughs> if this is better or if freedom is a higher value than life family, because then you might avoid like a letter. Divorce. Divorce. <laughs> or simply a lot of arguments, like right? And... Another important one is, what do you renounce if you achieve it? This is very important. So what, what are you letting go? Yeah. What do you, yeah. What do you say no to? Because every yes is a no to something else. Exactly. What do you renounce to? And again, this is like cost benefits. After you, you've written everything down, are the costs higher than the benefits? Okay. I have to reform me or to let this go aside. Or, yes, the benefits are much higher than the costs, even if the costs are high, but the benefits are much higher. So keep going for it. Um, a small example is most moms, they could say the, the cost of having children is values the benefits. Yes. You know, it doesn't have, I mean, the benefits outweigh the costs. Yeah, outweigh the cost. Way. And it's not a moral question. So here it's very important that you don't fall in the trick or follow morality. Because this question is not about it's what is good or bad, it's what is good or bad only for you. So if you find out that for you, having a children will give you more cost and benefit, that's perfectly fine. So that's not your case. And uh, the last one is what else would happen if you do not achieve it? So are your life is in case of failure? And what do you risk by not doing it? 
by not doing it or not achieving it. Or not achieving it in both cases. So basically wanna clarify exactly every possible um let's say future happening to you. And we know there can be many more. So in order to take the best choice, I go yes, no. If I go, I go this way or the other way. So basically you already create a kind of like a map of your future life. How will it be the map of my existence when the goal is achieved, after my goal is achieved, if my goal is not achieved, and then based on that one, you pick the best map and you go in that direction. Okay, so those are our 10 questions. That is 10 questions to get you to a well-formed goal, which remember is step one uh, to the rules of manifesting, which if we review, number one is to have that well-formed goal. And secondly, to create a process to achieve it. Thirdly, to observe your actions and be open to feedback. And finally, to stick with it. Now, for our Patreon subscribers, we're going to stay on this live broadcast and take questions, maybe walk through the whole process with someone. For those listening to the podcast, either on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, we're going to sign off in a moment. But I want to remind you that this broadcast is always available to our Patreon subscribers, along with the worksheet with the 10 questions. If you'd like to support us, please visit patreon.com forward slash wild wonder. And we'd also like to know your goal. So please tag us in your goal for 2021 or your goals for 2021 after you've gone through the process. Please use hashtag goal getting with wild wonder and tag us on Instagram or Facebook at we are wild wonder. Now, if you'd like to reach out to Alessandro Giovinazzo, you can find him at info at alessandrogiovinazzo.com, which we will also put in the show notes. So thank you for joining us. If you have been listening to the recording, thank you for Alessandro for being here with us and taking us through this incredible manifestation process so that we could really achieve our 2021 goals. Thank you.